Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And that's dope to, you know, just kind of see, hear your transparency as far as like beginning, like not having, you know, not having the best, uh, you know, money situation as far as like savings, like not knowing how to save and just really, you know, just spending money. But then when you... When you put in a situation where it's like, all right, I want to save, and, and it gets real, right? So it's like, I know I want to get this crib, like I want to get a house, and I know I don't have the money, so it's like, okay, it's, it gets real, and it, it forces you to do things that you normally wouldn't do, so you can say, cool, yep. I got the money, let's go. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like you said, God had your back, and you didn't even have to use that money for the purpose that it was tended. So how cool is it to be God's favorite? up everybody it's your boy Armand back again with another episode of Big Boss Talk the podcast listen um it's gonna be a great conversation today this is um something a little different uh than the normal I've talked to a few marketing guys uh marketing people that's in marketing things of that nature but I think this was gonna be a little bit different because you know brand strategies like I had no I don't know anything about brand strategist or what that concludes but we're gonna get into it uh, with another top tier guest um, before we get started, let me introduce who I got, okay? So I got Alexis Mood, age 29. She's a marketing brand strategist. Uh, she's also with a nonprofit. Uh, she's also a nonprofit executive director and an entrepreneur as well. So she wears multiple hats, all right? Um, college degree, she has her BA in journalism and mass communications um, with a concentration in advertising. So um, everything seems to be on brand as far as like what she's doing in real life and then what she wants to school went to school for. Um, so I can't wait to get into it. But Alexis, before we start, say what's up to the podcast. What's up, podcast? How are y'all doing today? <laughs> How are you doing, Armand? I'm happy to be here. Listen, I'm happy to be here. I I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad you're here. Um, how's your week going so far? I know it's Thursday. We're about to get into Friday. How's your week been? It's been busy. It's been very hectic. Yeah. Um, I literally, I'm in, I went from Charlotte to Columbia to Charleston today, but we're here. God is good. All the time. Traveling mercies were upon us. Everything is good. Everything is good. That's always good. So we got the traveling mercy. Um, and it's always hectic when you're coming back from a little vacation as well. So like you got to get everything going. I don't know if you had that jet lag or anything like that going into Monday. But, you know, all is well. All is well. <laughs> all is all well. Is well. <laughs> all is well. <laughs> I'm here. That's good. I'm here. That's good. Well, listen, it wouldn't be Big Boss Talk if we don't do two truths and a lie. Like, that's our traditional icebreaker. Um, I got to guess the lie, okay? So, give me some good statements. Uh, I'm really good at catching people okay. in a lie, but we'll see. I don't know. Okay. So, I, I actually wrote mine down. Okay. I, I did some you research prepared. on past people. I was prepared. I wrote mine down. Okay. So, I closed on my first property and became a landlord at 23. 
Okay. Um, I visited 14 countries. Mm. And my sister and I have the same birthday, but we're not twins. Ooh. Okay, okay, okay. I like it. I like it. Dang, that's tough. Okay, so you closed on your first property, became a landlord at 23. You visited 14 mm -hmm. countries. And then the last one was you and mm -hmm. your sister share the same birthday, but you're not twins. Okay, you're not. Yes. I know you're not twins. So I, I looked on, at least I don't think you're twins. I looked on your Instagram. I tried to do a little bit of research. Seeing your sister. y'all. I mean, y'all, we could tell y'all sisters, but I don't know about twins. Um, 14 countries. I mean, no, we're not twins. Yeah. <laughs> so not twins. 14 countries. You guys travel so much. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't really put it past you. 14. That's a lot, though. 14 and then 23. Okay, I'm going to say the 14 countries is a lot. I just think the number could be off, right? I, I don't think it's 14 to be exact. Um, but I believe that, you know, you probably, I feel like you owned your own property at 23. Like, that just seems, you know, doable. That seems right up your lane. Um, 14 countries. I know you guys travel. I'm just, you know, the number might be the thing that's throwing me off. And then your sister, y'all having the same birthday but not twins. That's definitely believable. Um, so I'm going to go with the 14 countries is the lie. That's true. That is a lie. That is a lie. It's 13. Let's go. 13. So I got it. I got <laughs> it. I got You're it. right. You got it. <laughs> you threw me off. You was like, that's true. You was like, no. You got it. <laughs> cool. So uh, talk to me about <laughs> you, talk to about talk to me about the journey of owning your own property at 23. What was that like? You know, because a lot of times, you know, we see on Twitter, like, you know, get into, you know, get into real estate, get into, you know, get some property, things of that nature. Can you tell me um, how that came about? And then what's, what's some of the good things about it? And what's some of the negatives that people just don't know? Okay. Okay. So buying my first property, I love that you use the word journey because it was absolutely a journey. Okay. Um, so really how it all came to be was when I was in college, um, so even well before I was 23, um, the dude that I talked to when I was in school, he was a couple years older than me. So he graduated like my junior year. Gotcha. And I just remember he was going through like the job search process, the interview process, all of that stuff when I was just, you know, starting my junior year. Yeah. And I remember him being like, um, like it was just always something. It was like $200 for this or $300 for this or it's $1,200 to get my car shipped. And the difference between me and him was he was in like tech and like, you know, like a, a very lucrative field. Yeah. And I was majoring in advertising and advertising, you know, if you know anything about advertising, you know, they don't pay well, especially not starting out. Right. So I'm looking at, you know, the salary projections for me and I'm looking at, you know, the offers because we had a pretty open relationship in terms of talking about like finances and money. And stuff. So I knew how much his offers were for. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at, you know, the gap between how much he's being offered and how how still expensive you know, moving and things like that were for him. Yeah. And I'm looking at what I can expect to make. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this, <laughs> <laughs> the math is not, math, the math man. is not math. <laughs> no. <laughs> at all. So I didn't, like, from there, I was like, okay. And then also, in a lot of the, you know, like, tech jobs and stuff like that, they offer you relocation to move. There's mm -hmm. none of that in advertising. No. So what I, um, I made a goal. I was like, okay, I want to save $5,000 before I graduate college. That was my goal. Save $5,000. And, um, you know, it took me, it took me almost two years. Okay. Um, it took me like four different jobs 
but I did save that five thousand yep. um, dollars. What ended up happening was I I saved all of that five thousand dollars in preparation that I would that I would get a job in advertising, not making that much money, not getting relocation. But I ended up did getting a good job mm-hmm. um, that offered me relocation, so I didn't need to use that five thousand dollars. So that five thousand dollars, really, from there, I had already really developed this really good um, habit of saving. I was you know better with money just from that experience. And so then, you know, I ended up getting a signing bonus. So then I was like, okay, well, if I can save 5,000, let me see if I can save 10. Mm -hmm. Then once I saved 10, I was like, let me see if I can save 12. And so then it just kind of went from there to the point where when it was time for me to buy a house, you know, at 23, I had my savings stacked up. What I didn't realize at the time was I was really trying to develop an emergency savings. Like at the time, I just looked at it like, okay, I just need money to move because I know that it's expensive and I know that I'm not going to be making that much money. But God had other plans and I did end up getting a job that was more lucrative and offer relocation and all of that stuff. So the money that I intended to be my fallback because I thought it would be poor really ended up being the down payment for my house. And so I think there's a lot of different lessons in that. But I think what's most important is if anyone was following me at that time, they would have just been like, oh, Lex. She bought a house at 23. She balling. She doing this. She doing that. But really, it was like I had planted that seed a couple years before. Like yeah. that money was, it was intended for something else. Yeah. And then it ended up being, you know, a down payment for a house. Man, that's. I mean, that's a like that is a journey. Like I think um, you hit on multiple different pieces. Um, like you said, you know, from the outside looking in, people could see like, oh, she bought a house at 23. But you know, the discipline that you had to you know, save yeah. that money, right? You know, the, the I, I'm pretty sure you probably had to say no to a lot of different things during that time as far as like just saving or being disciplined. Um, I do want to ask, you know, how disciplined were you during that time? Like, was it a lot of just saying no or was it like, no, nah, I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to throw a chunk to the side. You know what I mean? Like, how, how disciplined were you? So I had a system. Okay. Like, I had a system. I had like, so I had a couple different jobs. And I'm not in school. Now, I'll, I'll be very honest and say I was not a class goer. <laughs> that was not my strong suit. Like, I never went to class. Um, just because it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, okay, I can sit in this class for free or I can go to work and make some money. Like, this just the math isn't bad. Thing, it doesn't make sense. So I had, <laughs> like, it just, it didn't. Now, if I, if I was struggling in a class, like, kids, listen. That's now, different. That's different. If you're struggling in a class, if it's hard, then I needed to go. Um, but I've all, like, school has always been, come pretty naturally to me. Like, I never, I knew that, like, okay, maybe if I studied really hard, I could get 100. But a 90 is still an A. So it was just, like, at the end of the day, if I study half as much and I get a 90, then I have the same outcome. There, there's no reason for me to put all this extra effort, you know, when I can go to work and make money. Yeah. So I had a couple different jobs. I um, I had a, one of the jobs that I had was in marketing, like dining services on campus. And so with that job, I got a meal stipend. Mm. So a lot of times what I would do is I would use that to eat or mm. I would my boss at the time. She was like fresh out of school. She also had a meal stipend. I think my meal stipend was like ten dollars a day and hers was fifty dollars a day. Okay. So I would just be like, hey, you know, you use your meal stipend for lunch. Let me use it for dinner because it, it rolled over every day. So if you didn't use it, you lost it. Got it. So, I mean, I would do that. Um, also, with that job, we got like a two hundred and fifty dollar gift card every semester to buy books. OK. And so I would take that gift card and sell it. Like there's this online website where you can like if you have a two hundred and fifty dollar gift card, you could sell it for like two twenty five. 
So okay. I would take that and I'm like, okay, this 225, I'm gonna put over here. <laughs> like I had a system. So I never felt yeah. like I really missed out on anything because I had like, like I said, four different jobs. I did social media for the salon that I got my hair done at. Like I was out here hustling. I was trying to, and then my mom, so I remember calling my mom and being like, hey mom, I have this idea. Yeah. I'm trying to save $5,000 before I graduate. And I'm now, and the, and the important thing to note is like before this, I was never good with money. Like I would be overdrafting <laughs> my account. <laughs> I was not like a money person. Got it. I called her and I was like, okay, so listen, I'm trying to save $5,000 by graduation. Yeah. If I save this money, will you buy the furniture for my first apartment? Because I knew that was a big expense. So I'm like, if I can get that out the way and I don't have to worry about furniture, then that's one big expense gone. So she was, she said, yes, I'm sure she thought like this girl's never, this girl ain't never had a thousand dollars in her account, let alone $5,000 in her account. Mom, um, like, uh-uh. And so then she had to buy my furniture. Wow. Because I saved the money. So that was another thing that I didn't have to, I didn't have to do at graduation or like when I was moving right. because we had, we had a deal. Right. Man, that's crazy. A lot I mean, of hustling. A lot of hustling. So, I mean, obviously, the lesson here is if you want it, you can go get it. It's just what are you willing to do to get it? Um, you can figure it out. Yeah, you can always figure it out. And that's dope to, you know, just kind of see hear your transparency as far as, like, beginning, like, not having, you know, not having the best, uh, you know, money situation as far as, like, savings, like, not knowing how to save and just really, you know, just spending money. But then when you... When you put in a situation where it's like, all right, I want to save. And, and it gets real, right? So it's like, I know I want to get this crib. Like, I want to get a house. And I know I don't have the money. So it's like, okay, it's, it gets real. And it, it forces you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. So you can say, cool, yep. I got the money. Let's go. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like you said, God had your back. And you didn't even have to use that money for the purpose that it was tended. So how cool is it to be God's favorite? Honestly, it. It feels wonderful. It's, Let me just say, it's a it feels thing. wonderful. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Cool. So now we talk about uh, the last one was you have a sister. Y'all have the same birthday, which y'all not twins. How y'all y'all ended up really got the same birthday? Same birthday. How May twenty ninth. How many years are y'all apart? Eleven. So she is. She. I turned eighteen this year, and she's er, Jesus. She turned eighteen, <laughs> and I turned twenty nine. <laughs> That's crazy. Shout out to mom for setting that up. Maybe she wanted to wanted to be yep. like that. So that's what's up. Okay, cool. Um, so I don't her due date wasn't even that day. Like she came like two weeks early. So like oh, she was supposed wow. to be doing like June. And she came on my birthday of all days. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. You don't get the shine no more. Like you don't get the special <laughs> privileges. Like she just taking over because that's baby sis, right? Well that's the good thing, yes, but the good thing is we have different dads, so it was oh, okay. like, I still, no, I would just go to my dad's house for my birthday, and it was like, okay, well, see y'all later, I'll see y'all later. <laughs> I'm going to get mine regardless, see y'all. <laughs> cool. Um, right, right. So what are we going to do? Y'all have a good time. Y'all eat this cake. <laughs> right. So I got a couple questions for you, okay? So what is alexis mood known for amongst the friend group you know what are you known for you know like your friends can come to you you know they know you got it you know what i'm saying i, I don't know what that is but what are you known for like what do you feel like you known for what am i known for in the friend group <laughs> this is a great question yeah this is a great question 
Are you the lead? um, are you the leader? You know that Twitter is it's a joke, but you know Twitter is like like main. No, no, I'm not the main character. I'm. What would I be known for? That's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Yeah. I think I give great advice. Let me okay. just say that. Okay. I, I think I give great advice. I think I am the friend that you can come to no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be, I'm going to give you an objective opinion. Okay. Got it. That means. That's, yeah. I that's, think that that would be what I'm known for in that, the group. That's dope. That's good to know. Like. Good advice. Like you gotta have somebody in your circle that you can go to um, and get some good advice. Because um, sometimes people cater. You like have friends that cater to your needs a little bit, right? Kind of like yes, yep. you know, yes. Like I, I want somebody that'll be like, nah, bro, you wrong. You know what I mean? Or like, nah, so you, you you wrong right here. You know, you need those type of people as, at least to provide perspective a little bit. You know, you do. Yeah. You do. And like, I think I try to give, I always try to give very neutral. I always try to play a neutral. I don't try to take sides. I try to play a very neutral role. Now, you guys know what I think, mm-hmm. then that's different. I'll tell you, I think you dumb as hell, but, <laughs> but I won't, I won't come out the gate with that. I got you. Perfect. <laughs> okay. And then so. As long as you don't ask me what I think. As long as you don't ask what you think, you can't start with, all right, I need some advice. Tell me what you think about such and such. It's more or less like, Hey, this is the situation. What should I do? Um, you know, that type of... Or how would you handle it? It's more like, if you tell me... If you come to me with a problem, I'm going to take a very objective approach. Like, I'm going to just be a neutral party. I'm going to be like, well, you know, this is both sides. Yeah. Now, if you say, well, like, so what do you think? Then I'm going to say, well, I think you're dumb as fuck. But, you know, to each his own. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. That's crazy. I, I love it. I love it. Okay, so what's some of the best advice you ever gotten? Mm, best advice. So when I was in college, there was this guy, and he I don't even know what happened to him. Shout out to shout out to Robbie. His name was Robbie. Okay. He was like, I don't know. He was just like, I don't even know how to describe him. He kind of reminded me of like not an Urkel, but a, like a, he wasn't Urkel. He was, an Urkel. Like, <laughs> was he Stefan? No, 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 okay. no, no, not by any means. Who was he? He would be like, He's I'm trying to think, like a roundaway guy. Like I can't a good think, friend? but like a, a roundaway guy, but like a, but just like that, like. Urkel's the best comparison I got right now. Okay. But he was a little bit cooler than Urkel would be. Got it. So, but I remember I was, like, upset about a guy. And Robbie was majoring in economics. And he told me, like, I was just very upset. And he was like, he was like, you know, Alexis, if the cost outweighs the benefit, then you need to leave it alone. And I was like, what? Like, at the time, that just, like, at the time, I was like, shut up, Robbie. Like, why would you even say that? Like, that's terrible advice. <laughs> but i mean now it's it's great advice like i think it can be applied to so many different things in life like if the cost of a relationship if the cost of a job if something is costing you too much if it's costing you more than what it is pouring back into your life let it go it's not worth it 
That is some of the best advice I have ever heard. And shout out to Robbie for mm -hmm. sure because it's like you, mm -hmm. you you really start to realize it. As shout you get, out to Robbie. I don't know. Yeah, wherever he's at, like shout out to Robbie. But you realize it when you get older because it's like when you look at um like let's say you take a job for instance, right? And if the job is you know. The mm -hmm. money, the, let's just say the money's good, but it's a lot of stress that come with it. What, you know, what's more important yep. to you at the end of the day? You know what I mean? Is it the money or is it your mental stability? Right. So it's like, all right, I'm losing. It's costing me too much here. So it's like, I need to, you yep. know, let it go. But it's hard. The for cost always the benefit. Right. But it's hard for people to, 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 to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard for people to really make those decisions, especially yeah. when it's a beneficial... Like it's it's also benefit benefit them on the other end. Like it's a double edged sword almost. Yeah, but I feel like there's always something, and even like sometimes I think what's hard about it is really trying to differentiate because sometimes the the benefits like I think it's hard for us as just people to yeah. to really give proper credit to like emotional benefits. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. feel like we spend a lot of time focusing on like financial benefits or like yeah. physical benefits, just things that are like very tangible and physical. And like, we really discredit the emotional benefits of things. Like yeah. for example, if a relationship is, you know, costing you too much, but you're like, you know, it, it's, it's doing something to you, you know, internally or whatever, you know, like status. that's still valid, you yeah. know, that's still valid. Like, even if you're, if a job is like you said, you make a lot of money, but you know, it's you're starting to get anxiety and you have all of these things and whatever, you're just not happy. And it's, you know, spilling over into other areas of your life. Like, I think we don't, we feel like that's somehow less important. Like we're like, Oh, well the, I'm making money. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I mean, that's just as valid. Like that's just a, a valid, re that's just as valid of a reason to walk away from something than it would be if it was something, you know, a more tangible. Right. That makes cost. sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. Like, it's your emotional health should be just as important as your financial, uh, you know, financial gains. You know, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. It, you only here for yeah. a short, short time. Because so one like, impacts the other. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. Uh, last question. One here. impacts the other. Got, got you. One, last question here. What's one of the hardest lessons you've learned? So we got, so we, we answered like, what's the best advice? Um, what are you known for? But then, but what's one of the hardest lessons you learned? Because the last thing that I want people to think is that, you know, everything has been a walk in the park. You know what I mean? Like some, you can look at people, yeah. you can look at people on social media and think like, dang, like they got it. You know what I mean? Like, but you know, obviously yeah, we know yeah. that's a highlight reel. You don't know what they battling on the, you know, on the back backside of that so it's just like absolutely what's one right of the, you know what's one of the hardest lessons you've learned the hardest lessons i would say i don't know how to like articulate this succinctly okay. but i would say learning that you learning it everybody isn't solid like learning that, you know, everybody's definition of friend is different. Everybody's Ooh. definition of loyalty is different. Everybody shows up for you in different ways. Right. So I think it's a very hard lesson to learn when you have someone that you would do anything for, you know, when you're, when you're a genuinely solid person, you would do anything for this person. And then 
they hurt you in some way that shows like, damn, like, and I, and I think in those situations, it's not even like the, the lesson in it isn't that, okay, this person hurt my feelings. It's that you misjudge them and you are like, wow, I thought, I thought we were friends, you know, I thought we were, and I, I'm fortunate that I've never had that situation with like a, a actual friend, like a, a, a woman friend. Yeah. Most of those situations have happened with men where it's like, you know, I was dating a guy or whatever the case was. Yeah. And it was like, wow, I would never do anything like that to you. Cause I thought we were friends. Like I thought we were right. better than that. Like not even on like a, on a relationship. Right. Like relationship I thought we were friends friend. and turns out we were not, you know, like, cause I would never do that to anybody that I called a friend. So I think that has been a hard lesson is just learning that everybody truly is different. Everybody is not solid. Everybody's definition of solid is different. And so I think you really have to set your boundaries and, and walk away from things. I think that would another lesson I think would be that like, I think a lot of times we talk about like self-worth and knowing your worth and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of times, that's actually a very hard thing to do because we talk about it in a very celebratory manner, you know, like, Oh yeah, girl, know your worth, add tax, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times, like the other side of that is, you know, you end up making decisions that might um, hurt someone or not hurt someone else, but like impact someone else or like people are, it's a, it's a very lonely decision sometimes to, to do that because the easier thing to do would be to not say anything, to not stand up for yourself. Yep. Um, so I think that's also a hard lesson that I've had to learn is that sometimes, you know, you have to be willing to stand and walk alone in certain situations. Man, you bringing some heat to the table, man. Everybody is not like you. Like, it's one of those, I heard the quote, is like, um, what's the quote? Not at all. They, they were just like, uh, don't expect People to, I, I, I don't know what the quote is, but I deal with that um, quite often. I know often. what you're talking about. You know, I deal with that quite often. And the only reason why I say it is because, you know, I'm loyal to the to the core. Like, if you my friend, you my you my person, you, my, you like my to guy. To the core. To the core. Like, it, it's nothing like, it doesn't, and I'm not the financial friend either. So, like, that's one of the things that I hope all my friends know, like, my loyalty doesn't look like in the form of money. So just because like you be like, hey man, I, I need such and such, such and such. Can you help me? I might be like, I can give you a part of it, but I can't give you the whole thing because I'm not there yet, right? So like if you judging my loyalty off of that, then yeah. that's not real loyalty. But as far as like trying to show up for somebody, no. you know what I mean? Like showing up for people, like you, if you need me, I'm trying to show up. You know what I'm saying? Like if you want to talk, I'm trying to show up. Like I'm trying to break the mold of like, you know, I, I, I've been thinking, like, I feel like women sometimes have the some of the better friend relationships than guys. And and it could be just me and the friend, how we how my, me and my friends grew up. We're not as talkative. We don't always be like, man, how you feeling? Like, you good? Like, break down this situation for me. And sometimes I'll be like, that's how I want to talk to people. And, like, that's how my loyalty can come across because I want you to know, like, hey, I'm here for you. Talk to me. I got your back, whatever the case may be. But it's not always like that um, with everybody. And sometimes people are not willing to go to bat for you. You know what I'm saying? In certain rooms. Like, you can yeah. ask anybody to this day. Like, if you're a friend of mine and somebody come into the room and they try to say something that's out of your character, I'm going to be like, hold up, hold up. Nah, that ain't even that ain't even my man's. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm that type of friend. Like, you can't bat now. 
my friends in a room when they not represented. You know what I'm saying? And I just in feel front like, of me. Right. And I just feel like some no, people ain't no. gonna do that for me. It ain't gonna come. It ain't, it's not gonna be the same reciprocated. No, it's not. And I I think that in terms of like first of all, I think how you give or show up for people like it looks di- like it looks different. And honestly, it varies season to season. Yeah. Because there were seasons of time when I was trying to save my five thousand dollars before graduation, I didn't have any money to to loan or give anybody. <laughs> so, but I could be there for you. Right. Now. I don't have a lot of time. Like I, and my friends also tell you that one of my, you know, favorite things to say is if we've talked about an issue over and over again, and they've, you know, they're calling me constantly and there's no real resolution to it. You know, it's just the same thing. I'm like, all right, listen, I can't listen to this anymore because you're not, you're not, progr- you're not, do- you're not moving. You're not doing yeah. anything like you need a shit or get off the pot. I don't care which one you do. I'm here for you, whatever, but I, I no longer have the capacity or the time to devote to this. And so right now I'm in a season where I don't have a lot of time. If you, if somebody needs, I have more, I can, I have more capacity to be there for someone financially than I do from a time perspective, just because I just truly don't have a lot of extra time, Yeah. but that varies from season to season. And I think that's okay. And real friends understand that and know that and, you know, are okay with that and understand that. Yeah. That's dope, man. You and Shay that, Get off the pot. Should have get off the pot. That little saying, I, I'm going to start using that. I like that. But um, I appreciate you. I mean, we got a little deeper than what I thought we would. Um, but I think the questions allowed that. And, and I really uh, enjoyed your honesty and I, I enjoyed the uh, the transparency as well. Um, but I'm going to move it forward, right? Um, obviously, I want to talk about this one question. Um, what did Alexis move want to be growing up? Like, are you living out the dream that you thought you were going to? live out as a as a little kid like what did you want to be like kind of just growing up so in some ways yes in some ways no so I never really had like a a dream job like I was never that kid that was like knew from the time I was six that I wanted to be a doctor or anything like that right um I knew like it's I knew what I kind of wanted my life to look like but I didn't know I didn't have like a profession attached to that so I was very much the child where like Today, I want to be a doctor. Tomorrow, I want to be a teacher. The next day, I want to be a gardener. Yeah. I want to, once I want to be a missionary. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing wrong to the missionaries. I, I ain't got nothing against them. Nothing wrong. I just don't nothing think Nothing wrong. I, Literally, I so my mom, my mom went to Vegas. Like, I think I was maybe like seven or eight. And my mom was going on a trip to Vegas. And this is during my missionary phase when I wanted to be a missionary. <laughs> And she was, I was like, mom, you know, you're not going to win anything because gambling is not, uh, the Lord is not like gambling. You're not going to win nothing. Not you shunning your mama. Like, <laughs> you're not going to win. <laughs> and she didn't, and she didn't win anything. But anywho, um, so I think like, I've always just been this very, like varied person with a lot of different interests. Got it. And I think what I did know about what I wanted to be growing up is that um, one weekend I spent with my godmother and I, I, she worked at DSS. I don't even remember what she did. I just remember that she had a work phone mm-hmm. and she would be on her work phone. Like, yes. Okay. Have the files when I get there. And I knew <laughs> I wanted to, whatever that was. Like I wanted to be that. I knew right. I wanted to embody that. I knew I wanted to wear heels to work and I wanted to talk. I knew I wanted to like have money yeah but i didn't know like i wasn't like oh i want to be a a doctor yeah okay 
Got it. That's cool. So, I mean, obviously we went from area to area. Um, I think it's cool, like, to show that, you know, to let people know, like, you don't have to have your life mapped out by the T. Um, I think sometimes uh, people like mm. to map their life out. Because it rarely happens that way anyway. Right. And I just think you set yourself up for a little bit of failure and a little bit of depression as well. Um because you have the mm -hmm. social media and you can see everyone living or it seems like they're living at a, a more rapid pace than you are. And so once you have those plans and the plans don't go as you're expected, now you assume that you're you're doing something wrong. You're not worthy enough. You're not, you know, why is it me when well, I'm having such a hard time? And that's not the case at all. So I, I love the fact that you bounce, you, you know, you told us that your ideas or what you wanted to be bounced around, but you could embody the persona of what you wanted to be, right? Everything that you talked about was a persona. Like yes. I knew, like I wanted to be the person that you know had something going on, like two phones. Like I'm handling business on one. I got another little. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm wearing heels, so people know, like, right. oh, oh, she with it. You know what I mean? And I think uh, I got a red suit. Right. You know, she mean business, and so uh, I think that's normal. I think a lot of people have that because. Most ideas is just like, I want to make money and I want to be comfortable, but how do I do that, right? Um, mm -hmm. Or how do I get into that situation? So that's dope. Now, how did we get from missionary to, you know, what we are today as far as like marketing, <laughs> brand strategies? Because that's a whole, we, missionary way in left field. Way we, in left field. You know what I'm saying? So how do we, you know, what changed and, and, and what made you want to get into this uh, career path? So I think that, in a lot of ways, number one, so me and my grandpa are really, really close. Everybody mm -hmm. knows that's like my best friend ever. And he was always very, like a lot of times kids are kind of forced to to choose something. They're like, okay, you know, you can't play soccer and baseball and this and that and that. You have to choose one. Or you can't do this and this and this. You have to choose. Yep. And so I think he was always, we spent a lot of time together when I was growing up um, and still do now. But he was always very good about nurturing whatever it was I wanted to do. So when I wanted to be a teacher, he was like, okay, I'm going to build you a little easel or whatever. When I wanted to be a gardener, we had a garden. So I, I, I feel like I always knew that I could just do whatever I wanted to do. Like I didn't need to be put in a box. And so originally I wanted to be a lawyer. Like once I was, you know, in high school, I was like, you know, I, I'm good at writing. I didn't know too much about different fields. I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, be a lawyer. And my senior year, there was a program. the uh, The local uh, advertising federation had a um, like a minority scholarship program. Gotcha. So I applied, you know, just really to get the scholarship. And so the way that it worked was, it was a two week program. And so the first week, you um, went to different advertising agencies and just really learned what advertising was. Okay. And then the second week, you got to choose which one you had the best experience at and then you know that's where you got to to stay for the remainder of the week gotcha. and so when i was there um it was exactly what i what i, what I felt like i envisioned growing up you know my, my mentor like my guide for the week she she wore heels to work she was real cute yep. she like was on the phone with verizon like planning <laughs> these events and doing these things and i was like oh my god this is what i want to do this is what i want to be yeah. and then I ended up changing my major. I didn't. I came home and I told my mom, and she was like, "Girl, what? Like, no, no." And so then I was like, "Okay, well, I don't care what you say. I'm going to change my major." And so I changed my major to advertising, and the, the rest, that was all she wrote. That was all she wrote. The rest, the rest was history. 
All right. Was history. So listen, so listen. What is it? What is it that you do um, on a day, uh, like a, a day-to-day basis? So obviously, you know, we figured out, you know, why you wanted to, you know, how the advertising came about. But what is it that you do? Like, you know, for somebody that might, you know, they have no idea what advertising mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, can you give us a rundown or like a, a LinkedIn type of uh, bio on just like what is what that all includes? Sure. So I, first of all, advertising is very broad. So there's a lot of different things you can do within advertising. So for me personally, I describe my job as, I think of myself as a, as a translator. So you have the business people, like business stakeholders, their number one priority is we got to hit these revenue numbers. We got to make money. Mm -hmm. That's what they're trying to do. Then you have the creative people who you know, they work on commercials, they work on certain things, and they just want to make cool things. They want to be creative. They want to make, you know, they want to win awards. They want really creative stuff. Yeah. And so a lot of times those two groups of people don't speak the same language because the creative people, maybe they're not always, not that they want to just, not that they don't want to make money as well yeah. or not like make money for the business, but their number one priority is making cool stuff. Yeah. The business people, their number one priority is making money. So I kind of come in in the middle and I'm like, okay, both of these things are important. How do we make sure that we have creative that is on one hand it's creative, right? It looks good. It, you know, it, it's fun, yep. but also it drives stuff for the business. So I kind of think of myself as a translator or like a go between, between those two groups, making sure that everything balances out the way that it needs to. Got you. So you're a liaison between yes. the creators and the business people. You got to have those people. I like how you put that. You got to um, kind of interpretate the different languages. Um, and, and, and that's pretty good. So how did you, how does someone get into that particular field? Because you said it was, it's very broad, right? But how do, how do you find, um, mm-hmm. how do you find a job doing that? You know what I mean? Like, are there companies seeking what you do? You know, do they have to do internships? Is, is that the best way to kind of get into a role like that? Because your role sounds very, it's a, a niche. Uh, well, I guess you could say a yeah, niche. Yeah. So it's like very specific on like what you do. But how does someone really get into the field? Or if you understand what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, totally, totally. So I think internships are very, very important. So my sophomore year, um, I did a, there was a main master program that the journalism school offered and you know, you got to go to New York for a week and like visit different advertising agencies and just talk to people, you know, about like, what do you need to get hired? And, you know, ask all these same questions. How do I get a job? And what I realized going up there is that internships, people want experience, you know, people are hiring people with experience and that's how you get those jobs. And so what I realized is there was a huge disconnect in where I went at, um, at the journalism school at USC when I was there, I don't know if they're like this now, I'm sure they've gotten, they've evolved, but Mm -hmm. you know, they were only offering, uh, internships to juniors. So I'm like, by that point, I'm two years in. So, you know, I'm already behind the eight ball based on what these people, you know, are are looking for. So once I, you know, my sophomore year, I was like trying to hit the ground running. Like I need as much experience as possible. How do I get that? And how do I create that for myself? Because I realized that I was at a huge disadvantage because, you know, I'm in South Carolina where there wasn't a lot of big agencies in Columbia. There wasn't a lot of opportunities to do something like that. So it was like, okay, 
how can I create that opportunity? So that's when I got really involved with like, you know, student government or doing advertising for like the salon that I got my hair done at. Just anything that I could use as experience. And I think that's something too is, you know, understanding that experience isn't, you don't have to work at like a Fortune 500. You don't have to have an internship at a Fortune 500 company to have experience. You can have, you know, experience doing pretty much anything you have to spin it and sell it correctly. Um, you hit on a, a few, uh, a, a good point, right? So they talk about the curriculum as far as like in college. A lot of times they do ask you to take an internship your junior year. To me, I think that's backwards. Like it should be like, you should be taking internships like... Too late. Freshman, you know what I'm saying? Like freshman, sophomore year because you want to understand like what if... As soon as you get there. Right. As soon as you get there. Am I getting into something that I really can see myself doing? Because, you know, junior year, it's like... Absolutely. It's like, I can't turn back now. I done got all these, you know... It's too late. Prerequisites. I can't... I'm already in... I won't say it's too late. Well, it's never too late, but it's it's a lot of work to just... It's never too late, but... Right. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's it's never too late. Never too late. But it's, you know... And I, I think that's what really helped me with my career was having internships and experience early because mm. by the time I graduated, I technically already had three years of experience, three years of work experience because all of my, I made sure that every internship I did, everything that I did really told every organization I was involved in. Mm-hmm. I wasn't just, you know, the secretary of this organization. If I was going to be involved in the organization, I was going to be their PR chair their communications share whatever because what does that do help me get to where i want to be right um i wasn't just gonna be okay i'm gonna be the president of this organization no i'll take the communications director position because i can spend that in a way that works for me not saying you can't do it for president but like i think that would be a, a takeaway as well as being intentional being strategic about these the opportunities that you take the things that you spend your time on how is that serving you to get to you know where you ultimately want to be yeah, that that that's definitely key. Um, and I also believe like in a lot of times people have a lot of times people have experience. They just don't know how to articulate the experience in an interview like they don't know how to tailor the experience yep. that they have yep. and put it in the interview. Like I feel like that was one of my like that's still kind of like a weakness for me. Like I, I'm really good at selling myself. But how can you, because you talked about, you know, doing advertisement for a salon, things of that nature. But how do you take, you know, what do you show from advertising for that salon? What do you show the company that you're interviewing with? Like, hey, I took this business from A to B and this is how I done it. Like, I think that's kind of what they're looking for because a lot of people do have the experience. But they, like you said, they believe you got to have a, be working at a Fortune 500 company just mm-hmm. to say like, hey, I got the experience. But it's how you articulate what you've been doing to Absolutely. these companies, and, and I think that's um, a, a key. How do how do how does someone get good at articulating that? Like, wh- what do you practice when you go into an interview? So I think you have to take a step back and say, like, ultimately, what is this person asking me to do? So, for example, if there is a job description for. Um, I don't know. Say I don't know a specific role, but say there's a job description and it asks for someone who can um, multitask, wear a lot of hats and work well in a fast paced environment. Yeah. OK, cool. Say you worked at maybe. Uh, 
you have many hats can multitask and you can work well in a fast-paced environment so it's like not focusing so much on okay no i've never worked in a fast-paced environment in this particular company or in a fortune 500 company but you do know how to to navigate situations you do know how to move things around you do know how to make sure you make sure all these people got their food people are angry when they're hungry you make sure all these people got their mcdoubles and their chicken nuggets and in a timely fashion and got them out the door like you do have those skills it just you have to take a step back and look at the skill itself and then understand like okay how have i demonstrated that skill it might not look like what they have done but if you can get people their chicken nuggets and deal with hungry people and a bunch of screaming kids in a mcdonald's at lunchtime you can probably do anything you're good you're good i think it's just don't be embarrassed about your experience like your journey is your journey you know what i mean yeah. like don't be embarrassed Absolutely. about your experience it's because somebody might have you know might have worked at a fortune you know 400 company that doesn't mean your experience is not valid so if you can speak toward it, you know, and you can present like this is what happens, you know, during this time, this is how I wear multiple hats. This is how I keep everything cool and under, you know, under pressure, like tell them that um, I think a lot of people do deal with just the embarrassment as far as like, oh, it's not reputable enough to talk about it. Um, and so I just think you, you got to be comfortable in your own experiences. So we appreciate you um, for that. So tell me something that. Um, what do you enjoy about your job? Give me one thing that kind of keeps you keep going back. You know what I'm saying? Because you do wear a lot of hats and you do a lot of different things, but what keeps you, you know, up and going at your job? I would say the challenge. There's always a good challenge. You know, there's always there's always a problem to solve. There's always something that, you know, can be made better or a process that needs to be fixing. And I think that is actually um, something good to talk about, too, and, like, make people aware of as well. Because when I first started, um, there was a particular company, I won't say which one, and I was so intimidated to start there. Just because I, when I interviewed, it seemed like they had it all together and, you know, everybody was so smart. And I was like, dang, you know, (laughs) they already have everything perfect. Like, what am I going to contribute? You know, I was just so intimidated. And I remember I journal a lot. So I just wrote down all these questions like, you know, what if they regret hiring me? Or what if I don't, you know, I don't perform the way that I need to? Or what if I'm, you know, not capable, essentially? And I got there and they had all these problems, like like all these problems that needed to be fixed. And so... The, the good thing about that is, you know, there's always something, even if you are at a Fortune 500 company or whatever, that doesn't mean that there are no problems. That doesn't mean that everything runs perfectly and smoothly and whatever. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are faking it so they make it. And a lot of companies are as well. And not to say that they're bad companies. It's just like, don't be ashamed or intimidated because, you know, you're looking at this thing like, oh, my God, it's Nike or, oh, my God, it's, you know, I'm working at this company or that company. Yeah. Those companies have issues just like anybody else. Yeah. And they think, I think uh, I was listening to a podcast where somebody was saying, like, just because they wear uh, a nice button-up shirt and a tie doesn't make them smarter than you. You know what I mean? Does like, not. It, it's Does crazy. Not. It's crazy how we can look at somebody and be like, oh, they got to be smart. But, you know, you right, got to believe right. in yourself, too. Like, you're like, no, nah, I'm smart. But you're smart, you know too. I mean? Yeah, like, I'm yeah. smart. I'm, y'all got me hooked up. I'm smart. Right. So, uh, and it's like, you can go in there and fix the issues at hand and you can fix 
you can fix anything. And even if you don't know it, they don't. It's some things that they don't know, and they gotta ask help for. So I feel like when you can walk with that confidence, exactly. and yeah, walking that confidence and understand that I got strengths and I also got weaknesses, just like everybody else. You can fit in in any role, any company. Um, and, and be able to do the job that they asking you to do anywhere. Yeah. So appreciate that. Yeah. What, I guess you kind of, I guess it was a, I don't know if you answered it when you answer, like, what do you like about it? Cause you were saying like the challenges, right? That's what kind of keeps you going is the challenges. But I guess you could say, um, what should someone expect going into this role? Um, you know, good expectations it, you know is it something like hey you know the first year is going to be kind of crazy um or like you know the first couple of months mm -hmm. of course you're going to feel like there's a you know uh water hose in your mouth because you're getting so much information but you know what's some of the realisms that they can expect when coming into this role because they can see the glamour of the role but then they we, we also want to prepare them for like what you could see you know entering into this type of role as well too um that's a great question i would say just being aware that i i would say as a as black people in general um or even really any minority group mm -hmm. a lot of time like the lives that we live and the things that we know actually are different or the things that we pick up on our perspectives, um, the nuances and the things that we pick up on are things that other people don't. Mm -hmm. so, and when I say that is, that's actually a great asset to a company or an organization. And so being able to really speak to things from a different lens or understand things from a different lens is, is actually a huge skill to have, but people don't always use that skill or don't always realize that. Mm -hmm. um, you assume we're all living the same life, you know, like we're all, yeah. we all see the same things on Instagram or we all, whatever. And it's like, oh, actually, you have a very nuanced, unique perspective that you can and should use to your advantage and speak up, you know, and, and say things about. So I think that's one thing. Um, things change every day. Like, I, I, I would say that I wouldn't recommend this role to anyone who likes to do the same thing every day and like wants to know like okay this is what i'm doing today and i made my to-do list for the week and That's whatever good. because honestly sometimes i make my to-do list on monday and by the end of the day i haven't done any of the things that were on my list because something else completely yeah. different popped up and now i did those things but the things that i set out to do are no longer relevant so that makes i would sense. say beware of that but i personally like that fast, like the fast pace of it I'm a fast-paced person myself. Um, I don't like to do get into this routine like mundane. Um, you know, I, I just feel like I'm like sometimes I just feel like that's not a good use of my time, and I just want to make yep. sure that my time is you know being useful. Like I worked at Shutterfly um, in college, and when I I was playing ball, and I would go back during the summer, and I would get a job, and I worked at Shutterfly for like maybe a month and a half, and it was twelve-hour shifts, and all I did was print mouse pads. So like I would take pictures, yeah. take pictures, put them on the mouse pad, boom, slide it through. I was doing that for twelve hours because it was a twelve hour show. Oh, no. So it's just like experiences like that show me like I'm not built for this type of job. You know what I mean? And I right, also, right. And I also felt bad a little bit for people that you know 
got stuck in that type of environment because I, I feel like anybody can get out of it. I just think they get stuck. Like, they get comfortable. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, you hit on a good point um, as far as, like, just the expectations, uh, what to expect, and just always, you know, expect something different uh, from the role. And then you also talked about perspective, like having a different lens. I think, do you feel like code switching kind of prevents us to be able to provide that different perspective? Because I do feel like sometimes you can step into, you know, work environments and you feel like you have to act or, or say things a certain way. But in reality, if you stay, you know, try to, you know, obviously, you know, you know when to say things and when not to say things that are appropriate. But showing them your true, yeah. your true self and your character, and maybe you do speak a little slang here and there, in appropriate areas. I think people mm -hmm. like that and they enjoy that. Um, as far as like the perspective that you see from a, like a different lens, like do you think code switching hinders us, or do you think we have to do that? Is that that's something we have to do? So I think, I think there's, I think it's complicated because mm. in my mind, it's, there's two, there's two parties, right? There's the person who's doing the code switching, but then there's also the company. And I think that a lot of times when people don't feel comfortable not code switching and being their full selves at work because their work environment is not conducive to that. And I think that's a real thing, right? Like if I feel right. like me being my real self is going to get me fired and I'm not mm. going to pay my bills yeah. or because I'm working in a hostile environment, yep. then no, I'm not like, then yet, like then at that point, code switching is almost like protection. Like I yeah, have to do mandatory. that. That's something that I have to do in order to protect my livelihood. Yeah. Um, I think for me, especially with marketing, right? Because a lot of like you see these things on TV all the time where it's like um you like the Kendall Jenner with the Pepsi and like the monkey, the boy in the monkey shirt on H&M and things like that. A lot of yeah. that stuff happens. People are always asking like, okay, well, where are the, the the black people in the room? Where are the, you know, these companies need more diversity. And it's like, yeah. yes, that's true. But at the same time, if all of your black people are junior employees, they don't they're tr they're trying to like Ooh, grow in their careers it's not yeah. fair to expect them to speak up about something like that because yeah. again that could be could then be endangering their livelihood and they're not able to pay their bills yeah. um i think for me i'm at a point in my career where I'm, I'm fortunate to work for a company that i do feel like they're very open um and i think it's a combination of two things they're open but also i've gotten to the point where i feel like i'm enough in my career I don't mind speaking. I don't mind saying, yeah. you know, what's on my mind. Um, because I'll, I'll give you an example. We had a, we were doing a, like some a commercial one time and we had like, you know, when we cast everyone, we were really inclusive about casting people. And so we casted someone um, who was plus size, you know, because we wanted to be size inclusive. Yeah. And so we're at the shoot and um like my role at shoots is really just, you know, most of the, most of my work is done prior to the shoot. I'm just there to like make sure everything we talked about gets executed. Yeah. So we're at the shoot and there was like a, um, we were shooting the the plus size girl mm -hmm. and she's like stuffing her face with a cheeseburger. And I was like, we didn't have anybody else eating. Nobody wow. else was eating. Why do we have, like, why, why do we have this, this person who happens to be plus size? Like, why are we wow. showing her eating? Like, why, like, why? No, like yeah, take that out. Right. Like let's yeah. you know do another thing. 
So now I feel like I've, I'm at a point in my career where I'm comfortable enough to do that. And I also happen to work for a company that is very, you know, open right. and, um, you know, very accepting of diversity and encourages, empowers people to speak up about those things. But I think it has to be like a, a perfect marriage of both of those things. You have to feel comfortable and your environment has to be conducive to that. Man, yeah, that's that, that makes sense. So anybody that's listening, watching, Alexis just gave us so many gems through this whole conversation. But, you know, when you out here, you know, applying for roles and applying for jobs, you know, hopefully you can find a perfect match, a, a good relationship where you feel comfortable and your job is comfortable enough to allow you to be yourself. Um, and I think there are some corporations out there and businesses that have that right. And then there's also businesses that have that wrong. So if that's important to you, um, obviously, you know, be mindful of that when you go into these situations. And this is where the interview process is important. Like, it's not for them to interview you. It's also giving you the chance to interview them. Because if they're you not, have to. you know, if they're not uh, conducive to what you need, then it's not a good, it's not going to work out. You're going to regret it. And you, you know, you're going to wake up. It's going to be hard to get up every single day going into an environment like that. So just be mindful. Yeah. Alexis, you gave us so many gems. Believe it or not, we've been talking for an hour it doesn't seem like an hour. It just seems like I've been, you like, it's just been a natural conversation, Crazy. man. And, and I, I'm grateful for that. I do want to get this time though, to talk about mood ring candles. It wouldn't be myself if we didn't bring up your other curricular activities. I think I've smelt a, a mood ring candle in the house here um, before and they smell pretty good. And shout so, out to Maya. Yeah. So shout out to, shout out to Maya. I, I, um, I didn't know you know, that they were yours until I saw the brand on your page. I was like, I've definitely seen this counter before. It's been by her bedside. You know, she'll light it at night sometimes and things of that nature. <laughs> so, uh, but cool. How did that start? Um, what gave you that idea? And just where do you want to go with that? Um, that's kind of where I want to go with ring candles, mood ring candles. Um, so how did it start? I've always loved candles. First of all, I've always loved fragrances just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always loved candles. Well, since I had a place of my own and I was allowed to light candles, I've always loved candles. Um, and honestly, I was just like, I, I knew that I wanted to do something with my last name. My last name is Mood, for those of y'all who don't know. Um, and I was like, wow, you know, it's not always going to be my last name. Like, one day my last name is going to be something different. So I was like, you know, do something with it. Yeah. I don't know what, what that is. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to learn how to make candles. And okay. I thought it was going to be a very easy process. It was not. Um, it was quite difficult to Ooh. learn, um, but I always tell people I'm glad I didn't know that in the beginning. I'm glad I didn't know that yeah. making a candle is like a small science experiment <laughs> before <laughs> I started because I probably would have not tried to do it, but because I didn't know, I did it and we're here. Um, so. As far as where I want to go, um, I don't know. Like, I... For, I also do like freelance um, as well. So right now, um, that is taking up most of my time. Okay. Um, I also just moved recently, so the candle factory is currently in transit. <laughs> um, but ultimately, like I would want to, it'll be back up next week. Okay. But I just, I, I think I'm gonna just see where it goes. Like I don't have like firm plans where I'm like I want this. I stopped trying to plan stuff out a long time ago. Man, you can't plan nothing out. Like you, you, no. you gonna stress yourself out trying to have plans, right? You know what I'm saying? For what? 
<laughs> for real. So we look. I just at, know I want to be on a yacht. That's the, that's what I, that's the plan that I have. That's the yeah. only plan I have. Yeah, we gotta get your um your Tabitha on like get you like in Target somewhere. You know, mood candles, something like that. That'll be dope. The um to kind of see and be like, yeah, I know that person. You know. Um, yeah. So that'll be dope, and and I know it's gonna come. Um, I did. I just wanted to highlight that. Um, could you tell us like, do you all? Obviously, you offer like different fragrances, or is it like just one? Mm -hmm. What's your top? So there's different fragrances. What's your favorite? My okay, so my favorite and the best-selling one. Two different questions. My favorite is Paloma, which is like a grapefruit mint type of vibe. Okay, I love that one. Um, the best-selling is the Juice, which is like a mango. It's it's much more fruity. Um, than I particularly like. Okay. But Paloma is my favorite. Thanks. I would light it. Like, I like, I like all of them. But if I, like, because sometimes if I mess up a batch of candles, like, in my old apartment, I had a laundry room, and I was like, hey, you know, whatever's in here, y'all take whoever came <laughs> over. Like, there were, like, candles that I had messed up. And yeah. I would always keep the Paloma ones for myself. Got to. You got to keep it. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's almost like picking out the red gummy bears. I need the red only. So that's what's up. Yes. Yes. Man, Alexis, I want to thank you. We've come to the end of the show. It's been great. Uh, I loved it. Had a great time. Uh, we learned a lot about advertising. We learned a lot about friendships, loyalty. We went from, you know, we went every. Who knew you wanted to be a missionary? Like, that's something Everywhere. I, I would never let, I, if I ever, if I, see, if I see you in person, I'm like, missionary, you know what I'm saying? Um, right, and, like, uh, imagine that. <laughs> that'd be crazy. So before we go, <laughs> I need two, uh, a recommendation. It could be one or two people, uh, somebody I can sit down with that you think okay. is super dope, uh, that, you know, it, you know, could be add value to the show. I will let you know before you say it, mm -hmm. I have... I don't know if you was gonna say it or not, but uh, Nashika, we we we, work, we got her lined up next week, but we don't know because she okay. might be having a baby or something. So right, we got to be careful with that one. That might be postponed. So, but just let me know. Who? Ooh, this is this is a great question. This is a very good question. Who do I think? Um. You've had Shay, you've had Destiny, you've had Mila. Mm -hmm. You got Sheik. Kenya. Mm -hmm. Kenya Wilson. Okay. Word. Don't know who that is, but we're going to find out. If you can... Um, I will send you... You want know yeah. me? I'll send you her Instagram? Yeah. Send, you... yeah so, however she likes to be contacted. I just try to be respectful for other people. I know some people don't know me at all, so it's like, I oh, don't give this guy the number. So, just... If it's Instagram, that's fine. If it's an email, that's fine as well. If she doesn't mind as far as, like, okay. number, that's cool, too. I can just... You know, that's just how we, um, you know, do business. But whatever she's comfortable with, just let me know. Send it to me. I'll reach out to her. And set it up. You okay. just got to let her know, like, hey, I just hopped on the podcast. It was great experience. Nothing crazy. You know. Five stars. Five stars. That's what I'm talking about. Five stars. I appreciate it. So, I thank you for the recommendation. And, again, I thank you for your time. And we're going to let you get back to it. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Anytime, anytime. If there's anything that we can do for you, um, as far as like when the mood ring candles start coming back up, your nonprofit, whatever the case may be, um, I, we want to be able to share all information. So just, you know, I don't want people to think it's transactional when they come and sit down with me. I try to, you know, br bring a family sure. together and just, you know, 
keep everything going and promoting what everybody else has um, and so we can all be at the top uh, one day. So thank you um, and you have a good night. Sounds good. You're welcome. Have a good one. All right. You too. place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details